everybody. We are back. Welcome to another episode of More Than The Title. I'm your host as usual, Jared Thomas. I got my co-host to the side, actually, or beneath, or whatever way you see it, my brother Chatty Yo, the CEO. Young Pastel in the Chad. building. In the He's building. We in the building. He's ready to we pause, ready. baby. We ready. <laughs> Let's go, man. So just want to say before we begin, y'all, just thank you for everybody for the continued support. Thank you for the downloads. Thank you for the likes, the reshares, the retweets, all of that. We've been growing and glowing every week, and it's all because of you guys. So we really appreciate all the support and love. Maybe we wouldn't be here without you guys. And then also, let's give a shout out to our distribution partners. Shout out to the Live Podcast Network. Shout out to Angel and the entire team over there doing their thing. You know what I mean? Let's do that. Let's do that right there. And listen, everybody listen, we're, we're, we're brought we're brought exclusive. Let them know we're brought to you exclusively by exclusively. the Live Network. Exclusively. Don't leave that word out. It's important. <laughs> Very important word. We have to go through contracts because it's exclusive, baby. We, we, we nah, signed but, on the dotted line. <laughs> that's it. We rocking and rolling, man. So shout out to Angel yeah. and the entire team. Shout out to yep. everybody on the check-in right now. If you're with us right now, drop some comments. We're going to be rocking with y'all. We got the support. You know, you know, we got the links and going on. But we got a special guest right now, man. This dude right here, this is my guy right here. Man, he's been rocking with me since the beginning. So this brother is a business influencer, entrepreneur, and multimedia producer. He's currently the CEO of Beast Node Media and the creator of B2B System, where he applies B2B executives, open doors, closed deals, and create constant, uh, constant content with their own shows. So he helps with modern B2B social marketing, sales strategies, high-efficiency media production and content creation systems, live streaming, podcasts, and business entertainment, and also has one of the best live stream shows I've ever seen produced. And this brother is the king of carousel. So I don't want anybody else dubbing that name because when three <laughs> years ago, when it wasn't possible, Trav was out yeah. here killing shit. So, you know, I want to give it yeah. up to him, man. So let's give a warm welcome from our guest, Travis Lockner, man. What's up, bro? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Yeah. That is a welcome. Welcome to the oh, show. Yeah, man. Man. We, we, uh, listen, we, we, we gotta we gotta roll out the red carpet. You know, we gotta we gotta make your intro special. You know what I mean? You gotta walk through that it. door with the light shining on you. <laughs> that's it, brother. But you you've earned it, brother. That's the thing, man. Yeah. You've put it in the work, yeah. man, the grind and the consistency. So since I've been started for three years, brother, I think you've around the same time when I first started to see you, man. But let's let's start at the top, man, because for everybody who's just listening, if this is your first time in the show. The whole premise of the show is talking about the journey, right? The lessons that we learned, right? Being entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, right? What are the, the difficult things we overcame to get to where we are and help us make the decisions we, we made to get here? So it's all about you, brother. So let's let's start from the beginning, man. Like, tell us about your upbringing and where your love for media came from, bro. Oh, man. It's been quite a journey with a few key pivots, a few key pivots. Mm -hmm. um, the, the main one, uh, the first chapter, I guess, first era, uh, was growing up as a hockey player, actually. I started there you go. Uh, from age 4 to 24, uh, day and night. It was practice every day, games every weekend, mm. travel and the camps in the summer. Like, So uh, I had learned and developed this core habit for consistency um yeah. and just building building that progress towards the dream um so as always uh i was pursuing a un very unrealistic <laughs> avenue of i'm gonna be a professional hockey player um and eventually but wait why why is that unrealistic though why, why would you consider that to be unrealistic you see, number, you see the numbers on that one um and <laughs> double down the, the <laughs> 
folks that are around like five seven, five eight, uh, those statistics drastically drop. Mm. <laughs> yep. I rode okay. my wave, rode my wave to like college hockey was the end of the line. Um, but I was able to extract a ton of lessons as far as uh, just my core personality, character development, kind of building that progress. Um, so chapter one was in sort of building that foundation. Yeah. Chapter two was in music. I decided to replace that dream with another <laughs> realistic one. H hence, yeah. hence the title, the super producer under his name. Please pay attention to that, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, the super so producer. Not a regular producer, I, but the super producer. I yeah. had a kind of that calling, that internal feeling towards creation, um, but never really had the foundation. I didn't get piano lessons or, or yeah. anything growing up. So I had pursued a hundred percent self-taught music production as an artist mm. to learn the tech, the, the production, the software, the gear. Um, mm. And I'm still using the same mic that I bought uh, in high school with my summer job money uh, 15 years later. Um, <laughs> there you go. Need that. Uh, this era. It was back in, uh, you may remember a little thing called MySpace <laughs> back oh, in man. the day. Shout out to Tom. Um, yeah. He was so... your first friend. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I was a lot of people's friends on there. Uh, <laughs> um, and my, uh, what I was kind of riding the wave of this kind of emo scene uh, that was very popular in that era. And I was producing yeah. songs in there, kind of putting out social media, putting songs out there, kind of playing all the games with MySpace bulletins. That was what it was before carousels and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. always like a trending format of, of things. So it was me learning at a very young age that there is a lot of power to this digital medium, this digital era. Um, yeah. And started learning the foundation of everything, build a massive audience, self-produced album, everything was out there, uh, and learned a very crucial lesson about owning your audience. Because mm. as many of, you, many of you probably know right now, and many of the folks here that no longer exists. Um, so that whole world kind of disappeared from me in like about six months, that entire audience just disappeared, complete ghost town. Message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, own your content, own your IP, own your platforms. We on so borrow It was land. an immediate lesson in kind of A, the power of this medium and digital social media, but also B, you better do it right next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was uh, a very crucial lesson that I still learned a bunch about and took all of that to what eventually became my first company. So chapter three, era three, here we go. Uh, wait, wait, before we go to chapter three, started... Travis, let, let me ask you one question, bro. Yeah, how long did it take? How, how long did you how long did it take you to grow? What did the following look like on MySpace? How long did it take you to grow that audience? And what was the biggest thing that happened? Because I know you said you grew, you know, you were selling music and stuff like that. What was the, the craziest thing that happened during that journey? Oh, my goodness. Um, so that was about 2007, 2009-ish. So maybe about two or three years. Um, mm. And in that window, uh, I grew to write at about like 40, 50K was, was the, mm. the following on there. Um, mm. And the plays, That's a good following. That's one a good of following. the beautiful. So, yeah, one of the things there to think about is like 
the ratio of people that were online at that time um, was a heavy, heavy percentage of users. Um, so what I had discovered and kind of using as a mechanism was they had players and charts that were basically sorted by genre and region. So mm. if you were the top band or artist in a certain region, more people would start listening to. So it was very clear to me that as long as you could start getting into the top of those, like it would be kind of the similar of like new and noteworthy in yeah. like Apple, but like the OG version of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was where all the magic was. It was in uh, being able to understand that specific platform and leveraging stuff like the MySpace Bulletin, which was actually a share that would go to everybody in your network. Whereas everything now is algorithm-based. It yeah. used to be if you had 20,000 followers and you posted something, it went to all 20,000 followers. Yeah. So very easily connect the dots on, go find the top artists, top bands, top influencers before that was even a thing and hook them up. I would help them with their MySpace profile, do custom HTML codes. Mm. Uh, sometimes I'd embed <laughs> music players <laughs> that may have had my songs in the playlist. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> hustle, baby, I love that. There's uh, just about leveraging the platforms, leveraging these opportunities. And it's still the same today when we get to LinkedIn. It's about supporting those other creators. And they've changed. It's going to the costume is going to change, but the, the foundation is still there every single time. So there was some magic in the top eight was very useful. The charts were very useful and the bulletins were magical as well. Mm, mm. But you, you, you yeah, said I, some gold, bro. Oh, my yeah, fault, Chad, you yeah. got No, no, no. You know, I just like, I like to chime in from time to time before we get too far away from like something very important. The reason I stopped you when you said about the hockey thing was because you, you said something that's very important um, that a lot of people don't seem to understand, right? What you did was you conditioned yourself to work hard and you put yourself in a structured system, right? Mm -hmm. Every day, get up, work out, right? Play the game, practice, and things of that nature, right? Anybody that, that is a great in any type of sport, basketball, football, anybody, one of the things that you hear about on the regular is their work ethic. Their work yep. ethic, right? Is the fact that they're willing to get up earlier and go to sleep later than everybody else. So that's why when, when you said that, and then you're like, you know, you know, I, you know, my dreams of the NHL was cut short. I'm like, why? Because you were putting in the work. You understand what I'm saying? You were putting in the yeah. work, which which clearly shows because you took that same lesson and you translated it, you know, and, and you applied it to other parts of your life. So, you know, it's that work yeah. ethic. It always comes back to that yeah. work ethic. Right. And, yeah. and to tie it back in. Right. What is yeah. so important for everybody listening is the fact that you learn the platform and people don't yeah. understand how critical that is. Right. So it's good to have great content. It's good to have how you produce content. But it's built by a man. So there's some things that you can do to make it work in your favor. It's up to you to really figure that out and use that to your advantage, right? For you going on the bulletins, for you to identify, hey, if I'm on the top artist list in these specific regions, my viewership is going to increase exponentially, right? But you having the understanding to know that, because I remember in my space, man, I don't think nobody was thinking like that. I know I wasn't. I was just putting up my shit. I was like, yeah, got a couple couple hundred views, people dancing to my shit. I'm like, yeah, no money. I'm just happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was crazy you know, back then. You know, because <laughs> because you know, it's always it's all they call it like um like uh, I forget the word they call it, but it's like it's like um like the newest thing, like a boom, right? Like a boom, right? So when MySpace came out, it was like a boom. There was nothing like MySpace. 
So it's not like you had something to transfer your knowledge for, oh, okay, I know how to work that, now I know how to work this. It was, you had to learn it from scratch. Everybody was learning it from scratch. It, it, was, it was innovative, it was one of a kind, you know what I mean? It, it, so, you know, for you, like he said, for you to take the time and learn that, and then to apply, you know, the rules and, and, and learn the algorithm and stuff like that, that, that's crucial. That was crucial. And then MySpace Amen. was out, in, and, and MySpace was out in the time when LimeWire was out. Do you remember LimeWire? So they, they were running, oh, right? Yeah. So right. So now, so now we're talking about you know spreading, you know spreading your music around. You said something funny. Out, you would embed players with your music in the player, right? So that's that's what Soldier Boy did. How he yeah. got his song to to pop. You know, he did that in LimeWire, right? He would upload, right? He would upload his song with the trending names of other songs and other genres. So when people think they're downloading one thing, they're downloading Crank That, right? So you know, it, it's it's, it's yeah. genius, man. It's, it's genius, man. It's really, get your music bro. out there, get your information out there, get your get your stuff out there any way possible, man. Any way possible. That savviness, that yeah, savviness, yeah, man. You need yeah, that nowadays. Yeah. It's one thing to know, yeah. but to have that savviness to take it the extra mile, bro. So mm -hmm. like once you yeah. once you overtook, you know, MySpace, right? And that we all know what happened to the platform, the demise of that, right? So what was your next step, man? Because you're like, yo, I have 40, 55, 50,000 followers, right? And I'm I'm pretty sure you didn't have the content information from them, right? So you're like started from scratch again. What was step one, bro? Yeah, this uh, this is the there's no Disney uh, happy ending to that story. Um, to, to be honest, um, yeah. it was very rough, very difficult to reset, restart that um, from going again. So <clears throat> I did uh, attempt to pursue a newer career in now what the trending opportunity was around EDM, um, mm -hmm. EDM pop, Avicii, that whole era was um, still in its fresh stages. And I saw it coming like a decade ahead of time. <laughs> so yeah. uh, played my card, still tried to do the same thing, but there was not the same opportunity on any of those platforms. I yeah. didn't build a YouTube channel. I didn't have a Facebook page didn't have a website and it was all because of this very egotistical uh honestly probably more so an insecurity of not wanting to jump to a new platform mm. and starting from zero and figuring it out yeah. um and that was really just it's more so a, a mistake and a pivot and recognition um i still pursue music uh on the side as a passion as a hobby um and it comes together in certain like creative ways but it hasn't been never was the same so it very mm. much was my lesson and that was the wave and probably the best shot of making it um yeah. but like we just did uh from the yeah. hockey and into the prior lessons you take all of those lessons and those foundations into the next chapter and the next lane um yeah. so i had pursued and kind of recognized like wow it is very difficult to make money uh, as a, uh, <laughs> uh, an, an artist like and as those yeah. dots like everybody tells you it for decades um yeah. until you're like out having to pay rent and like uh, under a lease you're like wow uh yeah. this is starting to connect the dots so pursued a real job uh nine to, got my nine to five was like all right this is what i'm supposed to do and from the start did not feel right <laughs> right i was like i would i would change this i would do this better i would like very much not compatible for a nine to five uh so i was living in downtown denver very very financially burdened um super broke um not in a great relationship and mm. really had to kind of pull myself out of this and thankfully discovered 
the School of Greatness podcast. Could have been any any mm. podcast, personal, professional development. But I started hearing the right message at the right time about mm. building your own business, creating a lifestyle of what kind of this four hour work week that, that was yep. coming out with like Tim Ferriss and everything of building your own lifestyle. And I was like, damn, that sounds like real sounds, nice. Yeah, you know I mean? that sounds like a, oh, let me go pound this path. You know what I mean? Um, and saw the next opportunity start to open. This was right around 2014, 2015 era um, of what I call the green rush <laughs> when uh, Colorado and Washington, everything were legalizing cannabis. And there was this frenzy of attention. Um, he was calling it the wave earlier. There, there's a wave like of momentum to, to jump into. Shout, that's for the green rush and for you, bro. <laughs> and that's for the green the rush. Actual, actual dispensaries and like cannabis products was very crowded, very, um, saturated market everybody was looking at that but what i was thinking of was in the gold rush who were the companies that did the best and actually survived it was none of the ones that were actually mining or extracting golds mm. uh one of the companies that survived from that era is levi's because mm. they were selling accessories to the trend, to the wave. They were selling jeans and pickaxes and tools. Um, mm. so that was the direction I would go is how could I sell cannabis accessories? Um, so I started doing, combining that theory with what I was hearing on podcasts of, you got to do this drop shipping. It's like this best, uh, the best opportunity where you build a site and somebody else ships and manages the inventory to the customer. You don't have to hold any inventory or yeah. anything. Um, so I had decided to build, use this was like, this was the next lane to start building and discover business and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So I combined that business model with the opportunity that was available in the space around branding the yeah. all of the brands that existed out there were very much just like chichin chong like, <laughs> like, uh, like very not like super cliche head shop like type of vibes and there was nothing for just like responsible respectable cannabis consumers that i knew like doctors lawyers athletes exactly like, of of all walks of life so we built a brand specifically for that audience and started mm -hmm. building content and media and all of that online we would highlight these stories of these athletes or models or any people that like you wouldn't expect were were actually mm. like into cannabis and it resonated uh very quickly so now wow. In this era, this was around 2014, 2015. So now the next platform was Tumblr. So the mm. lesson in here was understanding and resonating where your audience is actually hanging out. I very easily, if I was just looking at blogs or following trends, would have tried to go to YouTube and got yeah. a channel shut down. Would have gone to Facebook, got a channel shut down. Would have gone to Instagram, would have got a channel shut down. Yeah. But, however, in Tumblr at the time, it's a very strong counterculture for cannabis and just partying and just kind of this whole this whole different vibe of people. And the social platform was in that same golden era of growth where you could yeah. actually post something and it went to everybody so mm. models i took the lessons from before started connecting with all of the influencers and top creators and curated mm. cannabis pages and 
plugging our brand and our product and our company into all of those. So the end summary of that is within under two years, I was able to build that business from startup uh, all the way up to acquisition. Gotta slow, we gotta slow you down now because you know that, yeah, that is, that is amazing because it, you know, in business, in business, most business models is go from startup, build your equity, and then eventually sell it off, have a bigger company or somebody acquire it from you. And then you either start over and re-replicate it or you go fishing. So for you to do that in two years, that, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's okay. amazing. Cause most companies are in a startup phase still at, on their second year. You know what I mean? That, so, you know, that, that, that's amazing. That's definitely amazing. But what also was really cool is that you said you curated the content and it wasn't yeah. original content. So which one do you think is a better avenue for somebody to grow a brand? Is it the curation or the net new original content? Which avenue would you advise someone to go to if they were working with a brand? Context is crucial. <laughs> mm. In this scenario, my scenario today, very much personal brand, original yeah. content. Yeah. In the scenario we were, which was very much lifestyle branding, we were kind of wanting to build that I don't know what every other fashion brand does build yeah. that lifestyle. Um, it was hundred times easier to use. There are a million dudes and girls out there that just love taking cannabis pics and super nice nugs and smoke pictures and just like the lifestyle stuff. So yeah. in that specific scenario, it was way, way better to kind of look for those partnerships and that curated content because they already, that vibe already existed. Um, where I've transitioned today is much more my sort of system, my approach, my yeah. method. Um, and people have to have faith in me and trust in my system, my yeah, faith, framework. my voice, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Okay. So it's so heavily, heavily dependent on the context, who you're trying to reach and exactly what the impact of that content is supposed to be. Mm, but it, it's, it's, you know, it's situational though. Think about it. Exactly. Back when you were, back when you were using somebody else's platform, technically, when you come off of MySpace, you lose all the followers, you lose your identity. Nobody knows you, yeah. right? So technically yeah. you're starting from scratch again, right? So for you to use other content and things of that nature, you're putting your focus and, and your faith in what they've already created and just pushing that. But by the time you've created your own name and your own branding, yeah, now you can say, now, nah, now nah, we, you know, now we're original and you can put your faith in me. And people can say, yeah, we'll, we'll put our faith in you because you've already built and established yourself as, as yeah. an innovator and a leader in that market. So that makes sense. Absolutely. I, I think, I think the, the crucial thing is that you were building community before it was the buzzword. Yeah. That's the real thing, right? It's the community. And that's yeah. what brought the value yeah. that led it up to the acquisition because that's what yeah. brands want, right? Brands want the lifestyle. Brands want the audience that is attracted to what they do, right? For the cannabis stuff, like you said, and you had a ton of content, people with nugs, people with this. So you're just plucking stuff, doing this. They're resharing it and it's growing and it's, you're putting gasoline on the fire, bro. And then having that in two years and then and then sell it, man. So kudos to you, bro. That's, that's a real ass story, yeah. man. I love hearing shit like yeah. that, man. That's authenticity at its finest. That's authenticity at its finest. The lifestyle is authenticity. When you when you get somebody to just take a picture of what they're doing on a regular basis, right? Hey, this is just me on a Thursday. This is just me on a Wednesday. 
and that's and you're it. using that. That's that's showing the companies that they're connecting with you on a personal level because they're saying they're not. You're not doing that for fame. You're not doing that to be. You know what I mean? To be seen or you know to be spot worthy. You're just doing it because this is what I do with this product. This is how I use it or this is how I wear it. You know what I mean? So it's it's just yeah. authenticity. You know. So, so we're talking about authenticity. If I was to smoke, yeah. would I get banned on LinkedIn? <laughs> Do we know? I don't, I don't, I don't think know. so. I if I was to light this up know. right now, would I, I get banned? Know. I don't. I would read the disclaimers first, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest you. with you. Listen, listen, listen. I, I have to step in and say, let me let the lawyers read the fine print first before we start doing shit. <laughs> We we yeah, this no. is this is listen this is out the box digital but we don't want to get too far out the box where we get I'm shut out, out the room. The but that's what, that's, way out, but that's what works. Is that yeah, right. level of authenticity right. it really effort? Right. It is. Also, I've seen it right. light up on LinkedIn. I'll actually share a story about one of our clients that we ran a show for. Um, I was running okay. a live stream show just like this um, okay. for Shay Robottom, and she oh, shout had. To a guest backstage it was uh these two brothers they're like the, the they're known as like the pop brothers like or like a turn they're super popular social media content creators like in the cannabis space and i had him backstage in the studio exactly like i was a moment ago and i could right. see him he literally had a full bong like sitting on his lap like ready to go and i was like waiting to bring him on show like i'm does this guy know we're like a minute from airtime like a minute away from airtime I'm, like waiting for this to be like off yeah. frame or out of frame and it was polar opposite he was waiting for his timing that as soon as I pulled him on stage, he finished the biggest bong rip I've ever seen. Oh. And it, his first entry onto LinkedIn is a white cloud of smoke that takes over his whole camera. <laughs> and I literally was thinking the same exact thing. It's, are we allowed to be doing this right now? Am I about to Okay, let me play devil's advocate. I mean, technically, right? If if let's just say smoke is smoke, right? You know, people people put weed in cigarette roll ups and put it in bongs and stuff. So technically, if on, if you only see me smoking and you only see a white cloud, you don't know if it's hookah, you don't know if it's a vape. You know what I'm saying? Technically, you really don't know what it is. So I mean, I mean, I, I guess it could be some gray area, but you know. I would just want to find out first, because once again, we don't own the platform, right? Like, like a MySpace, right? Listen, we don't want to be put in LinkedIn jail. What's wrong with this guy? Am I kidding me or what? I'm doing it. <laughs> we don't want to be put in LinkedIn jail. <laughs> we don't want to be put in LinkedIn jail. There's rules to this. Now now we're on LinkedIn, yeah. bro. Let's talk about it, man. What was the yeah. transition like to LinkedIn, bro? Because I'll give you my yeah. quick one, bro. Like, I think you've, you've seen me from day one, man. My whole thing was I was trying to generate sales on LinkedIn, right? I just used it as a way to like, shit, I'm tired of sending a thousand effing emails out and this shit doesn't work. I get two emails. I, 998 people think I'm a jerk or an asshole. My messaging is wrong and it's messing up my brand not the individual company brand, right? So like, how? what was your approach to LinkedIn? Were you already doing something? Were you already working on Beast Node? And like, when did you get hit with the LinkedIn bug? And what I call the LinkedIn bug is when, you know what it is, man. When you make one post that you didn't even put any thought into, and now you got 80, 100,000 views, and you're like, holy shit. And then it starts taking off. So what was that? Can you take us through your LinkedIn process, your journey, and um, some of the coolest things that happened, man? 
Yes, yeah. To pivot out of that acquisition, uh, I started pulling out of that, building it myself and taking those lessons and doing it in an agency context for other companies. They're like, clearly you're doing something right. Like, let's let's do this. So we started building it for bigger brands. And that's what kept me busy the next several years was staying um, basically just a full spectrum creative director for a long while. Um, and in that just kind of was like, hey, we should earn the agency some business. And like, it was, I think it was for like a year straight, Gary V, like, and all of his content was like, you need to be posting on LinkedIn for organic <laughs> yeah. reach, like, or you're an idiot. Like, you're dumb. I'm, like, I'm, I'm not like, dumb. Oh, I'm not dumb, Gary. <laughs> okay, sorry. Not as uh, easy as it sounds, man. It's not yeah. as easy as it sounds, man. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, all right, all right, all right. We'll do this. Let's give it a shot. Um, so it was right around end of 2019 and into 2020 of like, all right, let's do this um, and started my very like fluffy LinkedIn influencer, like bro content type of stuff. Um, wasn't doing great, but I really connected the dots in all of the value here is in capturing the relationships. Their content yeah. and everything there is just a bridge to the relationship. So I was at, right out the gates. I was like, all right, let's build an event. Let's build like a LinkedIn local event, like type of thing. Mm. So I prepped and built this event for March of 2020. Oh, <laughs> that was the first. Go. Oh, there we no. go. There we go. And uh, booked the venue, booked the speakers, booked everything. And uh, it was literally the same week as the downtown Denver, like lockdown shutdown. So not even like, couldn't even have like, well, we could try it. Like, Nope, not happening at all. So what we did, instead of canceling it entirely, which would normally be my default move, (laughs) we decided to pivot and switch it to virtual. And Mm. this was my first digital production. And I didn't know it at the time, but this Mm. was the first show that really pivoted the points of I was like, all right, let's try this Zoom thing. Download, downloaded yep. Zoom, got, got us set up and had digital speaker now um, and set up a kind of sort of similar event. I was like, all right, just join it digitally. And I thought it was a mess. I thought it was mm. a disaster. Like people were coming in sideways on their camera, like <laughs> the audio, like and the muting and stuff. And the truest signal that there was an opportunity here was the feedback afterwards. I thought it was awful. And every person that was there thought it was amazing. And they were like, thank you so much for the opportunity to connect, to like learn, like actually hang out with people, see people, faces. Um, And that was like the first signal. And then the full confirmation afterward was the speaker that we booked had booked four or five clients from that call and from that production. Wow. And wow. I was like, mm, wow. wait. Damn! <laughs> he said four to five. He said four to five? Yeah, like, exactly. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Um, yeah. And that was the signal that I thought of. Now, if we can leverage these productions, which is now a show, um, at the beginning, it was, <laughs> it was just a chaotic event. Um, right. But if we can leverage these productions strategically, 
this is a very viable bridge to all of those business relationships that people are looking for online. So mm -hmm. that started to really open the door for me as far as having a avenue to connect those prospects and clients and target audience all in somewhere, whether it's an event, a live stream, a podcast, a community. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many different ways that you can do it. But that was where all the value is. That was where all the magic was. So that's where all my focus and eyes started going is how can we get build more of these bridges and build them yeah. faster. Um, so yeah. I tried the what I would call the old school solo content route, where you had mm. to write write out a script, Ooh. turn on the lights like a oh, <laughs> camera crazy. set up on the tripod, do your 22 takes. If you're anything like me, I'm like, no, I'll do another one. No, I'll do yeah. another one. Um, then send it off to the editor, then get a, get it back, send revisions. And I was like, it was very clear to me that was not sustainable, especially yeah. for business owners or anybody that doesn't enjoy doing that passionately. It will yeah. your soul up. So sure. it very quickly became obvious to me that we needed a higher efficiency way to get to that content, get to that finish line. And what we started doing was double dipping, taking that original production the show the live stream the podcast and now that is all of your source footage for the rest of your content strategy yep. now without spending any extra time you have hours of footage and relationship building shows that you've done that you can slice into content and use on tiktok and any yep. platform linkedin videos here yeah. and, and that's that repurposing way for us to yeah. double dip and start systemizing and looping that all together and really just click on what is the most efficient and valuable way that we can connect those dots. Um, yeah. So for me, it was very much seeing those organic opportunities and then having that content. You don't know the difference between every one of your posts feels the same, but yeah. some of them just pop out of nowhere. And for yeah. me, yeah, it used to be those little carousel sliders would just pop to like a hundred K views. And I'd be like, what, what just this happened? I just do the same thing I do every single week. Um, so it just was one of those things where as long as you can keep that consistent effort going, um, the consistency is the keystone. Everybody, but, but, but the, bri the brilliance in the carousel phase. So for everybody listening, the brilliance of it, because this is how I met you, bro. So you use mainstream, whether it's a movie game, I've seen Super Mario Brothers, I've seen Breaking Bad, I think he had the wire up there, but then he'll take the lessons of that shit and then break it down into business and how you could apply it or what's the real true lesson. That's essentially like what more than a tie is like, yo, what is what can you what is the real value of this post? What is the value of this mainstream thing? So if you go on LinkedIn, you see a carousel with the wire or breaking bad, you see, you know, Heisenberg. I'm like, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? What the what is and then you slide through and it was just genius, bro. And that it just made me stick to you. Cause I knew every single week you was gonna come up with some fire ass shit, and I was like, "Damn!" I was looking at you like, "What the hell is this?" I didn't get it. Three years yeah. later, now that's the best, the most organic reach you can get on LinkedIn is through carousels, man. And you saw that shit yeah. super early, that, so shout out to you, that's bro. Called, that's called being an innovator, man. You, that's listen, it. Yeah, if you listen to a lot of the things he's been saying already, he's he's telling you without him realizing it, he's always kind of been ahead of his time. 
If you think about it, right? It, it, yep. From the MySpace story to, to the Tumblr and things of that nature, he's yep. already showing you that the way he, his brain is wired is, he's like, yo, okay, I see this, but I really see this, you know, a mile down the road, right? Um, yeah. Two miles down the road, right? Where the average user is like, man, this shit got to be right here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're skating where the puck's going to be. That's what right. he was doing. He's skating where the right. puck is going to be. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm just really? like, you know, you know, to 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 hear the story is definitely inspiring. You keep touching on it without realizing you keep touching on the fact of the consistency and the hard work. Right. Getting somebody used to what your product is and continually to deliver it. You know what I mean? But I also have to say this, even though, you know, as a as a creator, as a person that's done music last 20 years and, and, and things of that nature, just being a creative person. You can get stuck in your own mind. You can be like your biggest wall is yourself, right? And, and me and Jared used to talk about this a lot, right? You would make music, right? So say you made a song today and you didn't release it. Then you made a song tomorrow. Then you made a song the next day. By Friday, the fourth, fifth day, that fifth song is so much better than Monday's song. You don't even want to release Monday's song no more, right? So you're like, nah, we can't put that out because if we put this out, it's going to sound like we made that eight yeah. years ago. Right. So but to you, it's old. But to people that's never heard it before, it's brand new. Right. It's brand new and it's still content. Right. So you just got to put it out. And because different things resonate with different people. You know, I think we yeah, can all agree sure. to that. Right. Different sure. things resonate to different people. Right. And what, and what you were tapping into with, with, when you did your show is you was like, well, you know, to my understanding, it's not what I might have wanted it to be. But to the viewers and the people that attended it, they got a real value out of that. They got a real message out of that. So so for them, it was everything. You, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, dope. though, time, timing is everything, too. Yeah, timing. absolutely. The fact that yeah. you did it, like, you can't plan that any better, right? Like, mm -hmm. and it was the same thing for me. Like, nobody knew what the hell was going to happen. I was in Manhattan in February. People were rocking masks. I'm like, I don't I don't think I ain't. Okay, what the hell's that about? Right. And then shit right. just went. Right? So when my shit started, I was three months into the personal branding journey on LinkedIn when that shit happened. Thank God I did because I was able to close a huge deal that kept us and sustained us all the way into maybe June because my pipeline disintegrated. It went from like 700 in pipeline to, Jared, we don't know what the hell's going to happen next week, bro. I might not have a job, nothing. I Let me call you. It went to that. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> shit, what am I going to do? So you know what we did, bro? That's when I right. shifted and did the Rankable podcast. So I was like, right. yo, if people are in the house, you probably don't want to talk to me about business, but let me talk about your story right now since you're in the crib. Let's tell you some valuable things. And if you do open up, if you do have an opportunity, you're probably going to come to the guy that you just had a good time with or the dude that you like and want to go get a beer with, right? And you, and that's how it happened. People just started throwing me bones, man. And we ended up closing like $2 million from the agency just from that. So I can imagine what you did, bro. You know right. what I'm saying? That's it, bro. Right. Just being this. So I can imagine, bro. So what is, um from a business perspective, what kind of impact did it have on the business for you, bro, starting from March leading up to now? It's, <laughs> it is literally the seed of existence for the business mm -hmm. that I run today. Um, mm -hmm. with, without that moment, it literally would not exist. Uh, wow. This was not on my agenda or game plan at the beginning right. of 2020. Um, but the avenue and the opportunity was really, it was just too hard to ignore. Um, I have built other businesses where I thought I had the perfect idea and the perfect timing and the yeah. perfect brand and tried to jump into stuff like blockchain and crypto at where the timing was right. 
but the fit, the market fit wasn't there. Yeah. And this was right. the first time that the opposite was happening. The market fit was there and people were asking for it before like, I didn't have the website up, didn't have a logo, didn't yeah. have a team ready. Wow. Uh, I just started producing those shows. Um, and within the first 10 episodes, started closing my own business. Um, then it mm. snowballed into others. Um, I started pr producing live shows for free for big influencers on LinkedIn. Um, and then those converted into paid clients of that. So it started to kind of snowball in recognizing those opportunities, but none of it was in like, the the perfect business plan that i had prepped and right, set out right. at the beginning of 2020 um and we've shifted our offer every single year we've tweaked and optimized a little bit more for it to be hyper hyper specific um and it's taken me a lot of i guess courage to do that because i'm very much like i just want to do everything do all of the things um and we've had to eliminate about 99 percent of the market to uh, wow. focus in on this very very niche one percent but for mm. those that do run a high ticket service with low volume and need to build those relationships it's a golden ticket and they're like, <laughs> and they're like oh my god so it's it's yeah. been a very difficult challenge in everything that you have to say no to and turn down um to mm. really focus on this is the one thing we do and we're the best in the world at it Mm. Drop a mm. ball. You yeah, 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 I know, I know. I, I can't even get to the damn thing. First. Oh, you, you ain't ready right now. Whooping this shit. Whooping this shit. Listen, that that you know, to to be able to 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 say that with confidence and say like, mm. not only this is what we do, but we're the best at it. Nah, I we're felt that. Bro. I'm not gonna it. lie. I, I felt that. No, for real. Yeah. Congratulations. I, I just want to give. You know, I just want to, you know, clap my hands for you and say congratulations to you because, um, you know, th this world is competitive, in all in any avenue in any venue you want to go to because it's just so many people in the world and there's so many creative people out there and there's so many people that are just dying to try to make something of themselves and you know, you know, yeah. um, monetize on their ideas and things of that nature. This world can be super competitive. So to be able to raise through the ranks to the to not the top of the crest of the hill, but sit on top of the hill and say, nah, listen, ain't nobody above me. You know what I mean? Congratulations yeah. to you. Let me ask you a question. So, you know, you um you spoke about earlier you spoke about the not being the right time and you know the right fit and the right time, right? So when did you decide when you when you when you did these other ideas, right? Obviously you invest and you have to give it a certain amount of time and investment to see if something's gonna work, right? When did you decide these other ideas wasn't what you needed to do and pull the plug? Like, you know what I mean? Like what at what point, how much resources and you know what I'm saying? At what point did you say, yeah. okay, listen, we, we're gonna call we're gonna call this a loss and, and that's it. You know what I mean? And then not only that, but sidebar to that is and how did that make you feel? Did that discourage you moving forward mm. with, with, with the other ideas? Because taking a loss can definitely impact the way you feel on now, you know, because you're an entrepreneur, right? You're betting on yourself, right? So when you put something in one avenue, it fails. How, how enthusiastic are you now to now take whatever resources you have left and say, I'm going to do it all over again, knowing I could lose this and be out on my ass, you know? How enthusiastic. <laughs> if a going to be trouble. <laughs> like you know what He's I mean? Potting. That like, boy's potting right now. Yeah, I'm just saying, like because you know, 
Being an entrepreneur is tough, man, and taking those kind of losses affect you not only financially but your, your mental capacity, your mental state. Yeah. You know, how did that make you feel when, when you was taking those losses? Now that being able to live in that conflict is probably your signal of whether you can be an entrepreneur or not. Mm. Um, I got very lucky in hindsight um, out of the kind of like business statistics of like, usually we have one out of 10, like succeed or, or go on to acquisition. I stacked my one out of 10 pretty quick. Uh, right. So I rolled into that next phase of my life with way too much confidence that whatever I built or touched <laughs> or did next was going to be awesome. And that was when I spent months on the logo and the brand name and the domain name and comparing them and the building a course and uh, hours and hours of video content. I, I had this genius idea of building a education platform for this new age of finance, of cryptocurrency, decentralized finance, NFTs before they were super trendy for people to basically understand what the hell is this um, and charge people for it. That was the um that last piece um <laughs> because in the market there are hundreds of people doing that that are getting paid but by sending you somewhere else sending you to coinbase or sending you to this so i wanted to have an objective neutral unbiased this is how you get involved in in this web three momentum and it was just the wrong market fit if there is uh and i spent hundreds and hundreds of hours in producing content, the site, the business. Um, and I should have done the opposite of getting it started. So the the signals that I saw, it's probably very difficult to do because you're in it so deep. You want it to work. You want it to thrive. You want it to survive. Um, but it is there is no answer. Or if there is an answer to that, I do not have it. <laughs> and we yeah. need to explore uh, what that answer is because it could save millions of dollars thousands of hours um yes. and it's i think really having a pulse of that market fit before anything else it's so easy to get excited about the brand and the sexy logo and the website but if there's not a core business of problem and solution that people yeah. actually freaking want or need the rest is useless it is it is useless at yeah, most, right maybe there. you can be like yeah. one of these startups that can look great and polish their suit and everything and yeah. collected two yeah. or three rounds of investment. But if there's still not a core product and solution that people need, it's just going to burn and burn and burn. Yeah. <laughs> there, it <is. laughs> that's nah, it. there it is right there. That's it right there. That. That's it. No, that's it right That that That's the real. answer. No, that's the answer. That's the answer right there, you know. Uh, I love that, bro. So I also want to talk to you too, bro, about the, because they just dropped the, what's the name? So for those listening, they just dropped the LinkedIn top influencer list. I don't know if I told you about that, Chad. So this company, I forgot what it's called, Falcon or a Falcon, something I, I like that. I just, know I, I just know I'm not on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 just, I, just, I just know I'm not on it. 
I'm trying. I'm trying to get them, man. We we going to next year, bro. We getting them. But you, I, I know man, I'm not on it. Travis, Travis, one yeah. one of the people, one of the influencers on it. So first of all, oh, congrats to you, bro, for being recognized for your consistency right. and your value, bro. And and just curious, yeah. like, what do you think about that? Because the reason why I want to ask what you think about it, right? Because I think I like those those lists and things like that, but it's superficial. And those type of things can actually discourage, you know, discourage some creators, man. Like, say, for instance, if you weren't in it, if I'm doing a thousand posts a goddamn day, like somebody like it's like like Alex Sharon, ABS, bro, he's not on that list, but it's not gonna stop him. You know what I'm so trying what, to say? What's, so what's the what's the metrics though? Like, I mean, you know, when they come out with these lists, right? Uh, you know, a lot of these lists are subjective to, I guess, exactly. whatever group of people that they have that vote on who gets to be on it. Do you know the actual metrics that it like that they use to? to no. judge if I was, who gets to be on it or not? Like, what does it go by? Does it go by I, followers I or reach? It probably, they, probably, they probably take that into account, but what I'm thinking, right. if I'm a, a SaaS platform, right, that's trying to get okay. people to know about my technology, if I put the top 200 people like Justin Walsh, all these other people on a list, their followers are going to come to my website. And out of those followers, somebody's going to check to see what the hell I do. And out of that, of I'm pretty sure they have a decent conversion rate from that. I would right. bet the house that's probably one of their best campaigns that they do. Okay. I would bet the house. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it is a business play, but it also gives recognition to the creators, right? So I would love to talk about the list specifically. And also, what do you think about some things that the creator economy on LinkedIn, bro? Like, how are we able to monetize content on LinkedIn? Like, could you just tell, break it down to other people? Because I could ask this a ton. They're like, Jared, how the hell are you monetizing? How are you doing it? And unfortunately for right now, you have to monetize off platform. And that's the hardest thing to do for some people. You know what I mean? So if you could talk about that, bro, as well as the list, we'd love to hear your, your opinion. Yeah, no, these are uh, very good marketing PR things. That's kind of the category. I, I yeah. see it in um, yeah. very difficult to uh, yeah attribute what is truly valid. They do share the metrics they use and how it was compiled and everything. But Jarrett has nailed it in 99% of the cases, um, it is a ploy for the actual producer of that list. Um, so mm. it's, yeah. it's a, one of those little back and forth uh, type of things. It's, that is value. it's not worth like saying like, oh, those are nothing. Like people throw in their Grammys away and stuff. Like it's not like that level. Um, but like every single award, it is, there's a biased mechanism behind the doors. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So I mean, I, I guess you can use it for bragging rights, right? Of it. We'll share it yeah. as here in the audience. We'll add it to our PR list of... Uh, right, of, right. Uh, exactly. Bragging rights. That's what I said. It's bragging it rights. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But okay. I wouldn't ever, ever strive for that to be a goal or a signal that you've, you've made it. Um, it's back to the same conversation we started this with. Same thing in hockey. It didn't matter which team... I mean, well, it didn't matter which team I made. I wanted you always want to make the best the best team, but you can't judge your whole identity and value on if you made it to this level or this team. The simplest way is your creation, your journey. Um, yeah. Am I doing a little bit better better than I was last week? Is a way easier equation to stick with consistent creation over and over. So those really i guess come to fruition and yes it's great to be recognized and appreciated um but if you're not doing it for yourself and for the creating or for the 
just helping people online <laughs> like it. it's not gonna it's not gonna sustain at all that's, that's key that's key bro and, and then what, yeah. what do you think about the, the the monetization aspect so yeah monetization is a whole new this is a really interesting thing i've been exploring as a creator kind of coming yeah. from this very old school mentality of uh as an artist the only way you can monetize is through selling your music and that used to be the first thing you had to see and it was like oh hell no you can sell merch tickets community partnerships vip signings like whoa there's all kinds of things so creators today are very much in that first stage of where musicians were like well what are we gonna do if we can't sell our cds um and you're like well what are we gonna do without youtube ads and google monetization uh skip them you can be a creator and be a creator and monetize in completely different lanes so the three lanes you have as a creator to monetize in are through the content directly where you create the content somebody else puts an ad on it boom they pay you per view or whatever traditional monetization that is very difficult to do and you don't see any roi till way way down the road so that's what most people focus on and they miss the other two buckets that have way more gold than them (laughs) um Mm. so bucket two is having a production or your creation your series bankrolled or sponsored by a single company or by an a partner that has the same interests or the same audience so this is the best way that you can monetize from day one without sacrificing the messaging or like playing the reach game because if you're in lane a that first lane you just start chasing the dragon of oh i need our last video got 1500 views so now we need 2500 and then we need 5000 then we need 10,000, then we need a million and then you're a YouTuber posting about like makeup and beauty products and like you started <laughs> and you're like, well, we got 2 million views on our last video. Um, and you see it with some of those channels that if that's yeah. your only avenue, you really pigeonhole yeah. and like kind of give away the reins to the yeah. highest bidder. Um, so lane B lets you build a production, build that show or that series, but find a company that is willing to bankroll that production so that would be a partner that has the same audience so if i wanted to build i did this with restream um i was building a show for how people can learn how to live stream become a producer and just join that journey and instead of me just doing it and hoping like boy i hope i make some (laughs) they got like 40 views 50 views per episode you're not going to get you get pennies on the dollar for like advertising that but right restream is a very viable company to have an audience of people that want to learn live streaming. So they were very excited, very happy to sponsor and Bing basically bong. bankroll the entire show. I got to go. create content for free, um, mm. basically, or at neutral cost for a full year. And it creates a nice symbiotic win-win scenario. So look for that lane two, where you can bankroll a production with a partner that is aligned and then lane three this is where a lot of business owners and myself are going is simply using the content as a bridge to an existing offer or an existing product it is 
so much more valuable to focus on your own service, your own product that you can bring people to instead of just sending people to somewhere else, which is basically the advertising strategy. So that lane three, obviously you need to have a business and offer a product, a program, a course, uh, something to send people to. But when it's something you own, that is technically the most profitable and you own all of the assets in that bucket. There oh you go. My goodness, bro. Message. Oh my. Damn! Message. Both of them. You need there both, baby, because that the is. answer was there damn. Is. There it is. Oh, that, 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 you know we clipping that right up. Yeah. <laughs> we clipping the hell out of that. <laughs> bro, but that's no, the definitely. crazy part, because like you, yeah. you nailed it, bro. But we're like in the early stages of like, the early days of streaming, right? What I don't like about it, right, is like, is the numbers they put on it. For instance, right, on TikTok, for every 100,000 views you receive, you get $3. Were you familiar with that? That's that's a real thing. No, I was was already, I was familiar with the YouTube numbers, which I already thought were embarrassing. It just got, that got amplified to a whole nother level. So this only reinforces. But so, so my question to that though is, has it, Wait, but let me ask you, and again, you know, because I don't know, has that changed though, right? Was the original number, because remember, platforms develop like everything else, right? So back in the day when there wasn't videos that would reach a million, right, and stuff like that, then the guys that would get those kind of numbers, did they receive a bigger monetary value? Once the market Mm. got flooded, once the market got flooded now, let's say you you can pay somebody, let's say, let's just say a hundred bucks, right, per per thousand views, right? Because it's only three guys you're paying. But then when there's 300 guys you're paying, can you support that? Then it's 3,000. Then it's 30,000. You understand? Like he said, there's guys that, that are on YouTube doing makeup tutorials, million views. You know, guys that are comedians, million views. So now you have so many people in so many different areas flooding this, this medium, getting these kind of numbers. Is it sustainable to be able to sustain the medium and pay out these high values? I, mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it is. I think that's why the number is what it is, because they want to give you something. But, I mean, you know, they got to protect they're, their bottom line, right? Yeah, no? They're still giving pennies on the dollar, regardless. Okay. You know, do you know what advertising budget looks like for Google ads or just Oh, no, I know. That I know. No, I know. But yeah, advertising ridiculous. is different. No, I know. Yeah, that I understand. Yeah, that, I'm just saying, like, you know. So they're getting it. Like, right. so put it, let's, let's talk about LinkedIn for a second. Like, put it in the right. context of LinkedIn, right? Without guys okay. like Trav, myself... JP, uh, you know, Ross, Morgan Ingram, all those people, like during that pandemic, I'm right. pretty sure their market share shot the F up. And you right. know it too, Trav, right? Like, let's be right. real. Our numbers, right. we were bringing in so many people and people like me and Trav, we were actually getting people on. Like, yo, this is what you do to get 100K views. Yo, do this, get on your personal branding. I just closed a $400,000 deal, get in on it. Right. Why the hell you not right. on it? And then now right. more people. So when we first started, it was only 2% of people posting. Right now, right. they're up towards five, six, seven percent. Right? Wow. So now, if that's the case, what does that do for the market share? And why aren't the creators able to monetize directly on the platform like we should be able to? Like, if you get a thousand subscribers on TikTok, you can get the three dollars. I can't monetize shit on this live stream, and we maybe have <laughs> but, five, <laughs> 10, 15, 20 people on this. Okay, shit. But, le- but, but let me ask you this. Let me ask you this now. Is it is it based on the fact that most of these streaming platforms were free, were free, right? When you signed up, it was free. You didn't sign a contract saying, if I do well, then I make money from it. 
right? It was free. Technically, you're yeah. benefiting from them investing millions of dollars into creating this technology for you to be able to share your content on for free. Technically, right? Because I've never known YouTube to charge and I've never known LinkedIn or Facebook or anything to charge, right? I think some of them was going to come out with some type of paid subscription, but I'm just saying, think about it. Somebody had to to be the Travis, to be miles ahead and think of the, the engine and come up with the money and come up with all of these things to even develop this system for you to be able to upload your content and then still be miles ahead and say, well, this system is good for 100. Now this thing done blow up. We got 100,000. Now this thing, now we got a million. Now we got 10 million. We have to now keep, you know, revamping this thing so it can support all of these people without flaw. Because God forbid, right, you load a YouTube video up and, and or LinkedIn, right, you put something up and, and it's a flaw. Then you cursing everybody. Yo, my video poor, what y'all doing over there? You see what I'm yeah. saying? So I'm just yeah. playing devil's advocate trying to say, like, I understand, you know, people want to monetize often, but these are the free platforms and free services that that took millions of dollars, millions of dollars and somebody risking it all to develop these things um, for us to have it for free. I just think it's a different conversation that needs to be had. Or maybe maybe they need to start um, um, generating something like a creator post or a creator profile where when you sign up for one of these things, it's now a contract between you and them where you can say, okay, yeah. if I bring in these kind of numbers, then you know you can monetize off of it. I think it's a conversation that's, that, yeah. that yeah, needs to be had. Yeah, but I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. You know why? Because guys like you and guys like Travis and guys like Shaman, all these people that are bringing in all these kind of numbers and sending the market share up, without you guys, their market share drops, right? So you yeah. have the power and the leverage to say, hey, we want to come to the table and we want to negotiate terms. That's it. That's it. Like you know Bree just said in the chat, she said they are making billions yeah. off of our original content. They can have the absolutely. best platform, the best algorithm, the best engine in the world. If nobody comes right. to it, it means shit. No, so, absolutely. So but think it's about it. Look at look, look at Instagram and Facebook. Yep. When you upload a picture, you know what they say? Anything you upload now becomes prop. It's, it's our property now. You know that, right? When you upload anything to these platforms, yeah. When you yeah, when you upload anything to these platforms, even though it was your original content, technically it's now their property, and they can redistribute it, clip it up, and do whatever they want with it, and for free, because you agreed yeah. to that. So that's right. what I'm saying. Like, I think I just think it's a conversation that needs to be had, and I think that the the the, the influence. Let's say let's just put it out here. I don't want to be long winded, but I'm just. The wheels is turning. Let's just say, let's just say you use their system against them. Let's say the top 20 influencers on that list turned around and said, now that you've recognized us as the top 20 influencers, guess what? Now we want to come to the table and we want to talk monetize, monetize, you know what I'm saying? We want to monetize off of this thing. You see, now it's a different story because, and you can't say that when nobody's now because you yourself listed us as the top 20 influencers on your entire platform of a hundred million. Now we want to have a conversation. But but Trav, you'll you'll know this, right? The top influence, one of the top influence in the world, Justin Welsh. You think he gives a shit about monetizing on LinkedIn? He's monetizing off of courses and everything else that he's doing, right? And, and by the way, you know. Yeah, but that's huh? that's just what it is. So it's those mid-tiers, those micro influencers, you know what I'm saying? That yeah, are just yeah. building up their thing. What do they get, bro? And I gotta do a shameless plug. We have merch, we've got courses, we got everything. <laughs> <laughs> So please, if y'all want to support, baby, please. I'm trying to make some money off the content. I'm trying to monetize. If you like shows like this, I might not be back next week. So please support the link. <laughs> please support. <laughs> Love it.
No, I think <laughs> you, you've really cracked amazing. open uh, a yeah. key piece in these platforms on yeah. a macro level. Everything we've been talking about has been single platform. Zooming out one more level, these platforms are competing for that those creators that attention right what we're seeing right now when i was mentioning those phases is in most cases it's kind of a each social media platform itself is its own market of attention supply and demand absolutely and if they have a ton of viewers ton of people with eyeballs on there the demand for creators kicks up way Mm. higher and vice versa if there's way more creators and not enough viewers that's when people are all like oh organic reach is down what's going on oh my god (laughs) well it's numbers it's science um and these platforms they essentially are they have very clear metrics on that supply and demand curve so they adjust their rates and their programs and what they do pay creators in that exact context so if they need more creators you'll see youtube crank their their ad share to 60 40 or 70 30 um and they start competing with one another and with live streaming it got even crazier because you can't you can post a single video 10 different places Right, you can't right. live stream to a bunch of, they don't want you, at least they don't want you to stream to a bunch right. of different places at once. Right. So when right. Twitch and Mixer, which was Microsoft's attempt at streaming. Um, yeah, that, that, was, that was a quick, out, yeah, that was a quick one. That was a quick They're one. literally getting those, that list of top 20 that you're talking about. Yeah. They're getting them under contract of this See? is the only platform you can stream See? on all year. See? So they are thinking of it in a competitive way. But what you'll see is it's in a maturity phase that at the beginning stage, they need way more creators. So it is way more lucrative with advertising and way more lucrative with organic reach. This is the Goldilocks, so, like the golden zone that you want to hit on MySpace, on Tumblr, on yeah. IG. There's yeah. always like a golden era where reach is, in their growth stage is just irrational. And eventually yeah. they start dialing it down once they pull all those creators in. And now they have a business model. <laughs> let, me, yeah. let me let, me, let me jump in real quick. Just looking at some of the comments, like Andrew said, I pay for LinkedIn, right? I pay for LinkedIn and uh, Dusty Rose said, I pay for LinkedIn also. So you see, that's what I'm talking about. So there's a differentiation. Yeah, there's a differentiation from free people, free clients, free profiles and paid ones. You see what I'm saying? So now, again, they're making more money from these people that are paying for these premium packages. Are the creators and 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 the content creators that are high up on this level, are they getting a piece from that? Are they getting a piece from that? No, because no. Because the people I, that the people that pay might not have never paid unless that content was there. But that's you the point, bro. So, I, and, and yeah. I don't get shit out of LinkedIn Premium, but being able to see people right. who view my profile—that's the only <laughs> value I get out of that shit. I'm not paying seventy dollars for that shit. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry, connect with me. B. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. It's seventy dollars a lot. Are we putting on a company card or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but real talk, man. Yeah, I just nah, want to say, dope, dope. I, know, I didn't realize it was like an hour and some change, bro. But I just want yeah, to say, man, yeah. your tribe, man. I really appreciate you, man. Your question, I mean, your answers, bro, were so spot on. I Dynamic. learned a ton from you just now, brother. I'm, I'm sure everybody in the check in 
you know, learned a lot. And first of all, I also shout, shout out to everybody on the check-in. I can only see the LinkedIn. So Andrew, Gabe, Bree, Dusty, um, Tri uh, Gabe, wait for somebody else. Uh, Anybody else that see? Sorry for Facebook. I can't see the comments, but I'll see it afterward. I'll be sure to engage with you, man. But, but Trav, thank you for the love, man. Thank you for being a part of my journey. It's been an honor to be a part of yours, brother, and see your ascent, man. Because little do you know, you inspired myself, brother. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was people yeah. like you, JP, on my early days, man. And I'm like, man, I got to do this shit. I got to step it up, man. I got into my story time. I started being my authentic self, man. And I love how all of us have our own lane. Yeah. And we all rock out and support each other, bro. So I just want to say I, I thank need, you from the message. bottom of heart. For real. I need, For real. I need a message. Oh, yeah. I need a message. Yeah. So, message! <laughs> but I need, <laughs> but I, need, I need a message. What What would you say to the next up-and-coming you, the 15-year-old, the 16-year-old, you know, techie or, you know, semi-genius that has his mind just racing? What, what advice would you give the youth? Because mm. we, we have to give back here, right? What advice would you give somebody that's not you yet, right? Remember how you was in your younger self, right? What would you give the, the next younger version of yourself in form of advice as far as like how to handle these, these new platforms and how to go about being an entrepreneur? Mm. I think it's around embracing the journey. Everything you've ever wanted is sitting right on the other side of your comfort zone. Mm. That yeah. is where all the magic is, is right on the other side. I'm, I'm clipping that right there. I'm clipping that right there. <laughs> Keep going, but I'm clipping that right there. I love that. Love. I love that. Now, that was that was powerful. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, bro, but that was powerful right there. I felt yeah. that. Now, dude, that's a drop the mic. Oh, that was moment. it. Oh, that was it. That's a drop, drop the mic. The mic moment. He dropped that's the mic. A, oh, that's a drop the mic. No, that was it. <laughs> no, that was it. That was yeah. That was dope. That was dope, man. Yeah, real talk, man. So, just, so thanks, Trav. Like, real talk, yeah. man. Appreciate you once again. Thank you to everybody in the comments. Thank you to everybody on YouTube, man. Chad, man, you already know we're gonna rock out. And next week. We've got a crazy episode. We got AD Dolphin, the CEO of D Herbs, man. When I say this episode excited. is going to be something different, man. Oh, man I'm we excited. Just, it's crazy, man. But thank you guys, man. Y'all make the show. Please support, man. Thank you for the continued support. Trav, we, you got an open invite whenever you want, bro. And when you know when you come to New York City, man, we're going to take it offline and we're going to do a green rush. You know the vibes. <laughs> oh, just, just, just hold on. Just so, you, just so you know, Trav. I play ice hockey a little myself. I got hockey blades. You know, we could we could get on. You know, my name is Chad. So, you know, I, don't let the shades fool you, baby. I got the footwork. You know, I might not be as good as you, but we could definitely get on the ice and do something. You come to New York, baby. I, I got them ready for you. That is with this guy, man. So down. So down. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Amen. I got, I got, I got more than the title. Hockey jerseys on the way. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely coming with the hat. We've had all the hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all, real talk, man. Yeah. Thanks again for the yeah. love, everybody. We are gonna close absolutely. it out, man. Much love as always, man. And we see you guys next week for another episode of More Than the Title. Y'all appreciate the love. What you know about me? Seen it all, heard it all. Oh, what you know about me? I done.